This is Kate Beckinsale. You're listening to Beckinsale. Bizarre murder cases have recently occurred in Beckinsalia. Victims were apparently eaten. You, along with our elite team of Bacon Boys, have been called in to investigate. So press X to join us in this virtual nightmare. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> it's October! Yeah! Guys, it's October. It's, it's October. Good. As you uh, listener know, uh, this is a very special time of year for us. We're a little passionate about um, it. So yeah. each episode this month is going to be kind of Halloween themed. Mm-hmm. And we're going to try a variety of topics. Uh, we're going to have uh, some guests on as well. And we have a giveaway. Check our social media page here in a little bit. Uh, well, if you're watching this in the morning, I guess if you're listening to it later, check it because it's there now. And if, if you don't follow us on social media, what are you doing? Well, yeah. it's it's actually time to follow us on all three social media channels and maybe Pinterest. We'll get a Pinterest page. It's I, fine. I'm working on the TikTok. So what we're <laughs> going to do is that we are going to be giving away four passes to Great Room Escape. Yeah, we actually talked about this about four or five years ago. That was like that was like early Bacon Sale. Yes, uh, on uh, Bacon Sale episode 81, Escape Perfect, yeah. from the Great Room Escape. And also we, we talked about it in episode 78. So like early Bacon Sale days, we talked about this place. But it's an escape room uh, located in Layton, Utah, and uh, run by our, our friend Greg Anderson. He's a great guy. Sometimes there's like a creepy theme, sometimes a mystery theme. Yes, they actually really have fun. a couple different rooms, including uh, Countdown, Ghost Hotel, Houdini, The Cabin, and The Quest. We are going to be giving away four passes to The Great Room Escape. Oh. Uh, now, so, this is a grand prize. Yes. Yes. And we'll give more details on the actual yeah. post. Mm-hmm. So check out our social media pages for that. Our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Make sure you're following us on all three of those platforms so you can see. And Wait. so you can enter on all and three so you platforms can enter. as well. And also, we're going to give a little special prize to our patrons as well, just for being patrons. Yes. Well, one patron in specific. Yeah. And it'll be very Halloween themed. Some more details to come, but be watching patreon.com forward slash bacon self for that yes. as well. Sports search, just $3 a month. Join us. So the contest starts today as of the airing of this episode, and it goes until the 11th. Uh, unless then, you're listening in like far in the future and then... Yes. Welcome. Too bad. So on sad. October 11th, 2021, it will, the contest will end, and we will announce the winner on the episode that airs on the On 18th. the show, so you have to listen to the show. Yes, yeah. see if you've won. So there, I mean, and it's a good time. We love Halloween. It's the best. And it's, we love patrons. It's great. Because we also have a patron update I'd like to talk about. Hey! Hey! Uh, Scott Sprague. You remember Scott Sprague? Yeah, he was on a conspiracy, conspiracy theory show. Yeah. He upgraded from a Tier 2 fan to an I Am The Listener fan, so he now gets uh, merch he gets a shout out at the end of each episode, and he gets to request one show topic and possibly even join us for the episode. Wonderful. We also have a new patron. Hey. Uh, Debbie Foster. Hey, Debbie. How's it going? Debbie Foster is a tier one fan, which means she gets access to behind the bacon posts, uncut episodes, and she also gets a free t-shirt. Awesome. So, Welcome, Debbie. That's thank awesome. You, Debbie. And, thank you for being a patron. all of the tier two and three. Sure. Bacon bits, well. whatever. Oh, all the stuff that comes with that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes. Thank you, Debbie. Uh, thank you, Scott Sprague. We really do love our patrons, and we love October. By the way, I'm Joel. Oh, I'm Kent. I'm Zach. Yes. <laughs> Did we forget who we were? We, we were so excited about October. Excited so about excited. You said October at the intro, and we just got it's sidetracked. Spooky yeah. season. Oh, and thanks for listening to our last show, our Stephen King sneaky Halloween episode. That was a deep dive into We've Stephen been, King. Two years in a row of sneaky. <laughs> you. So we do. Yeah. And thank you for uh, participating again, social media, make sure you're liking those pages. So then you can comment like Drew Maxfield, who says, I've always wanted a Stephen King bacon sale episode. Well, there you go. He says, thanks. Uh, I've always <laughs> loved how much depth and thought he puts into the writing of his characters, especially children. 
maybe not the endings, but the, the writing of the children. Yep. Uh, I do wish that he didn't have a, such a potty mouth, don't we all? Yep. He needs Joel to give him a good family friendly. Nevertheless, I'm a big fan. I've so, been writing him for years saying that. You're going to yeah. hang out he with him? Responded. Help edit? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then over on Instagram, Verbus Vim says, I was so excited, in capital letters, for this episode. Stephen King is my favorite author, and oh. I wish I had friends who would sit around and discuss his books with me. Aw, here why we Bacon are. We're your friends. And then I think she, I think she put a personal attack on there too, because I oh. asked if I should read a certain book, and she said there's not much commitment required. <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. I felt attacked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It goes on to say there's so much I could say, but I'll just share my top five of 29 read so far. Uh, it, The Shining, Firestarter, The Gunslinger, and The Stand. Awesome. Very Thanks. good. Lots of fun interaction. Thank you so much for playing along with mm-hmm. us. Thank you. Thank you. But that's not what we're talking about today. What are we talking about today, Zach? Today, we are getting a little bit nerdy, but a little bit spooky. We're talking scary video games. Yes, we're going to continue to ease you into the Halloween season. Yeah, we, we've, some of these we've never really gone into like this particular vein of horror, mm-hmm. actually. Our happy place is scary movies. movies. Yes. Yeah. We sometimes. have talked about scary music, movie music yes. at times. And sometimes we'll talk about the monsters, or mm-hmm. classic universal monsters, for example. But this time we're going specifically on video games and not even really putting them into categories, not tearing at all, but maybe more of our personal history. Yeah. yeah. And, and, per- maybe, and our personal highlights along the yes. way. Maybe what kind of crafted us or at least helped to craft us in our devious minds. Maybe me more than most. <laughs> I was gonna. I'm. I don't find myself devious, Mister. You, you don't. No, Zach. Not with games. <laughs> <laughs> Minecraft can be scary. Yes. Never, well, and that's the question: it. is is if video games can be scary? Because I mean, some people aren't scared by movies. They watch the whole thing and they're like, "Yeah, it didn't scare me at all." Yeah. Where do people get terrified? Raise hand over here. Yeah. Oh, I get scared all the time. I love it. By movies? Oh, yeah. Still? All the time. You've seen so many. They still get me. I love when I can get that kind of thrill, uh, that rush of adrenaline from being scared from a movie. Right. Because we've tried to explain before that like the reason we like scary movies, it's a roller coaster ride and you know you're safe. Yes. So it's, it's, a safe it's, way to it's not going to fear. a carnival or, or lagoon or anything. It's like <laughs> an actual sanctioned ride where you know you'll survive. Yes. And that's why scary movies are great. But games, I personally feel like are more scary. Really? Than movies. Do you get scared playing video yes. games? Yep. There are things that I actually don't like playing by myself. I actually would like a friend to come sit there and just kind of comfort me and pat me on the shoulder and say everything is okay because I am the one making the bad choices in scary video games. Why have you never called me for that? Do you want to watch me play Resident Evil? Yes. For real? Because then I don't have to play it. You're my best friend. I would absolutely <laughs> say... I, I, Wait, so it'd basically be a let's play, but live? Yes. Because then I can play. see you squeal. <laughs> okay. I'm in. But no, truly, I'm watching a movie and you can talk to the screen and say, what a dumb thing to do, or why would you follow this trope or whatever? But in a game, sometimes you can't move forward unless you make that unless bad you decision. you investigate the spooky noise. Exactly. Your choice determines your outcome a yes. lot of the time. Or, you know, there's there's these pre-scripted moments in a lot of games where you're about to hit something scary. Or sometimes you just decide to explore something mm-hmm. and then you pay the consequence. I, I just love that. Well, let's get into this. We are going to go through this list chronologically based on some of the, the games that we have picked. This is not an exhaustive list. There are so many different horror games and so many different franchises. But these are some of the ones that we picked that we wanted to talk about. Major, major players? Yeah. Some major players. Some are just personal experiences. Mm-hmm. So let's just start from the beginning. Our first game comes from 1986. This is Castlevania. 
This series is largely set in the castle of Count Dracula. This is your pick then, Ken. Yes, it is. The main antagonist of the Belmont clan of vampire hunters. So 1986, I was not playing games when I was a tiny kid, mm-hmm. right? We didn't even get an NES for a while, but my first memories of this one, I was probably near about nine or 10. And I was at Lagoon, at their arcade, Lagoon in Farmington, Utah. But they did have an arcade version of Castlevania. And that was my first exposure to it because I did not have an NES, which this was on. It's a 2D side scroller Mm -hmm. and you have a whip. It's really low brow graphics because it was the time it it came out, but still effective because the soundtrack pulled you right in and you also fight classic monsters. This was probably before I saw Monster Squad, definitely before I saw any Universal Monsters because you fight the mummy, Frankenstein's monster, Medusa is in there. Yeah. Werewolves, Death is in there as well. As flaming skulls. Yes, they're really difficult. And yeah. Dracula obviously is the primary evil yeah. in this one. Joel, you also bring up 1988's Castlevania II: Simon's Quest. Yes, I feel I feel bad. I'm, <laughs> of course you did. Well, that's the thing. It's like so. I feel bad because I wanted to be like one of the earliest ones since I'm one of the older ones here on Bacon Cell. Mm-hmm. But I looked up scary Atari games, and there weren't many. Uh, E.T. Pit- was pretty scary. <laughs> it, it, pitfall. Pitfall. Going oh. over the crocodiles. Yeah. Oh. But that's more like, like uh, it's not fear. It's a thrill. So I chose Castlevania 2 Simon's Quest because that was kind of, I didn't play Castlevania. I did, but not as much as I played Castlevania 2. And I was playing around the time when I when it came out. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you don't know, uh, set sometime after the events of the first installment, the player once again assumes the role of vampire hunter Simon Belmont, who is on a journey to undo a curse placed on him by Dracula, which they never really get any specific about what the curse is. They're like, no, it's a curse. It's just a terrible night for a curse. Yeah. Uh, Dracula's body was split up into five parts, the nail, the rib, the eye, the heart, and the ring. Uh, it's not a oh, body part, sorry. but okay. <laughs> and then he must find all of those body parts and bring Count Dracula back to life so he can kill him again and get rid of the curse. Makes sense. Been there. Uh, if you play through it, I watched a couple. I was watching some Let's Plays, some playthroughs on, on YouTube. But like, I was going to say, a lot of these you can't play, but you can still watch them if you want. Or you can get them emulated. You well, can well, get them emulated. I mean, I, I've, some several, of these, like Castlevania find, is on Nintendo Switch Online, you know? Yeah. You can play these, this one so. you can. But uh, I watched the playthrough, and it's about an hour, 20 minutes. If you want, if you were going to play For this the entire game. game. Yeah, if you're going to play this game, yeah. about an hour and 20 minutes. So did this scare you at the time you were playing? So there were definite parts that did, and that's what I wanted to bring up, is because... You go through this game, and as you're playing, it's you know daytime, and the monsters in the monsters are pretty much only in the forest. Mm-hmm. And if you go out there, they you can kill them in one whip. But then all of a sudden, this, the little thing pops up, and it says, "What a horrible night to have a curse!" And it becomes nighttime. And at nighttime, the monsters are harder to kill. And then when you go in the city, they got these zombies, these kind of witch zombie things. I don't know what instead they are of exactly. villagers. Yeah, yeah, instead of villagers, and they're flying around. And it became a thing where it become night and I would get panicky. Like, I gotta get back to the city. I gotta get back to the city because monsters are hard to kill. Or I just farm for hearts in one specific area. So for the age you're at, that was fear. It was because I was worried about nighttime coming. And I'm like, oh, please don't let it come. Because you really can't do much during the nighttime because you can't get the clues you need. This this game, by the way, I have no idea how people conquered it before the internet. Nope. Because it is... I'll tell you how Nintendo power, that's how. Yeah. I feel like this series of Castlevania is perfect for young people because for me, I wasn't really scared of Castlevania, but it was educational for me. It was like the necessary foundation I needed for these characters, these monsters later on. When I loved monsters at this point mm-hmm. and like a thriller, I, as a kid, I used to watch thriller all the time. Right. And so seeing these monsters was, that was a thrill for me. Like, oh, there's the creature from the back of the lagoon. Oh, there's a wolf man. Like, this is so cool. Right. I loved it. It is like the, the best place to start, yeah. I think, because it doesn't scare you too much, 
just enough. Yeah. Well, and, and this one also had a great soundtrack. Like amazing. I, I think they needed a good soundtrack because you. I did not. I spent way more than an hour twenty minutes on this game. I'll tell mm-hmm. you that much. And it's the same. It's not the same music. It changes. But there's a theme in there. Bloody tears. That is be, became like the recurring song yeah. for Castlevania since yeah. then. Like they remixed it in so many cool different ways. If anyone is looking for the best place to start Castlevania, maybe the best game to play, the magnum opus is called Castlevania Symphony of the Night. It came out on the PlayStation. Yeah, PlayStation One, 1997. You, know, you should start with just Castlevania, regular Castlevania. No. No. They actually remade that for Super Nintendo called Super Castlevania. Also great, but Castlevania Symphony of the Night is a masterpiece. My first game, I mean, obviously I wasn't even alive, but I played it early on and I actually watched my dad play this early on. This was on the NES and it's a little known game called Shadowgate. It comes from 1987. I am thinking of the cover. Shadowgate. Uh, the cover had like a, a gargoyle that was breaking out yep. of, of its shell. So this is a point and click adventure. The last of the great line of hero kings is charged with the task of saving the world by defeating the warlock lord, who is attempting to summon up the demon behemoth out of heck. <laughs> you can say, you can say hell if you're talking about the place. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I don't think you look to Joel for approval on that one. <laughs> Am I okay? No, so this is like a point and click game. So you like at the bottom of the screen it has you know it has like uh, the the things you can do. You know, look, take, walk, open. Oh, whatever. Those, okay. And then on the side you have your goods. So all the all the stuff that you have. You know, you may, you have a scepter, a broom, a map, a key. And then, uh, you know, in the, t- in the right side of the screen, you have what room you're in. And you just kind of click and you, you move through. It's not that exciting. Right. But there is some really scary imagery in this. For example, you go on like the River Styx and there is like a, you see like the, um, the, the Grim Reaper looking yeah. guy. And the, 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 you know, he's got the scythe. And then there's like a weird lion headed thing. And then there's uh, a, a Wythern, whatever that one's called. So Chimera and um, White Snake. Wyvern? Yes, Wyvern. Wyvern. Yes. There's one of those. White Snake? What? <laughs> Just guess it. Yeah. Um, but it says, due to the castle's perilous nature, at least one lit torch must be in the player's possession at all times. If the torch is extinguished, the player soon stumbles, breaking his neck, then must continue from a saved, a saved point where they died. Um, but only a finite number of torches can be found in the game. So you basically have a time limit. And your time limit is, like, I, if my torch burns down, I'm done. If I, don't, I have to have to find one. So you have this tense stress of like, where's the next torch? Like, what do I do? Mm-hmm. And I just grabbed this torch and now it's like, I haven't made any progress. What am I going to do here? And again, I don't know how this game was beaten before guides. Yeah. Like I have played it since and I'm like, what? What, what do I do? A lot of those go? games weren't, I don't yeah. feel. They probably never were. Right. But, you know, you go in and you see, you'll, you'll uh, open a, a room. I'll go into a room and then suddenly something will appear. And again, I like remember this imagery so clearly from my childhood because it really did scare me. And then the music, the score in this thing, because the, I think the it's tech- funny to talk about scores for NES games, but really they're well, the, they're great. They're, the technology was so limited; they had to be creative. And that's why I'm so impressed with what they were able to do. Yeah. So I love this game. Check it out. Just at least watch a, a long play on YouTube. What's it called again? Shadowgate. So we're gonna rotate through here and move on to 1992's Alone in the Dark. Kent, this was released on the PC. Alone in the Dark. Isn't that a movie too? Oh no. Yes. But please don't mention it. I just I, I'm trying to remember it. I'm, I can't. I believe Christian Slater was in it and. Tara Reid. Yeah. If that speaks to the quality of the movie. I think Yuva Bowl made the movie. Oh, no. Yeah. So the Guinness Book of World Records gave it the first ever 3D survival horror game. Hmm. So remember, 1992. I was 11 at this time. So to tell you a little bit about the synopsis, 
players are trapped inside the haunted mansion of Darsetto and have to find a way out while avoiding, outsmarting, and defeating supernatural enemies with some weapons or punching and kicking. So this is a game where you're kind of defenseless. Like the main guy you choose, Edward Carnby, he kind of looks like a Duplo version say, of like... I, I get a Mr. Bean vibe Yeah, it's from Mr. Him. It's like Duplo version of Mr. Bean or <laughs> Sam from... Um, Sounds terrifying. <laughs> Today's special. He oh! kind of looks like that. <laughs> that I get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. In that age. And that's what kind of feel a little bit blessed to be raised in a time where video games advanced so far so fast. Yeah. Because at the time, it was terrifying. Well, this was 1992. See, I like in modern 92. medicine. I mean, this is using like, right. like video games. <laughs> For me, it's video game quality. This is using like polygon graphics. Yeah, they like, were probably really advanced. They were probably... What, what, what uh, platform was on again? You said? This is on the PC. Yeah. Okay. And they have remade this since, but it, the classic thing is like you walk up to this mansion on this dirt road and then all of a sudden the camera just shows a demon watching you from the window. And it's this really cool thing. And then you go to the attic and you're inspecting a piano and then either a giant winged creature that you can't really see nowadays, you can't really tell what it is, bursts through the window or a zombie comes up through the trap door. Hmm. And then you basically have to punch it to death, slap it to death. But most of the time you kill a zombie, right? Most of the time. Oh, and then they turn into bubbles, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. I think that works. Right? Yeah, I like have a sword. That's Stephanie Meyer's uh, zombies, right? <laughs> turns to bubbles. Yeah. Wait, uh, hold on. Are zombies real, Joel? Because he said that's not how you kill the zombie. <laughs> Who knows? Remove the head or destroy the brain. Oh, yeah, that's actually true. But for some reason, like I remember going to my buddy's house because once again, I didn't have this game, but it would be like we'd be having a sleepover. And he's like, I got to show you this really scary game. And we only ever made it about 20 minutes in because this first zombie kept killing us. We'd run to the corner of the room and literally, like, lights are off and everything. Get scared while playing this game that has you, you maybe play four, with the lights off. Yes. Yeah. Maybe there's four colors in this game, maybe 10 polygons per character, but there was enough. Like, every zombie had, like, hook hands because there was two polygons Put their there. Arms straight out. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But it was terrifying to me. The music probably wasn't even that good, but it was the first of its kind where you're watching a character go through a haunted house, and it got me. Nice. What I love about it, I I pulled it up on YouTube, and it says, Alone in the Dark, complete playthrough, 58 minutes long. Right. And I never made it past 20 minutes. And and a lot of it looks like you were just traversing through this this maze. You reach an endpoint and then turn around and leave really quickly. Yes. And then it's the game game's over. Most of the time you run away from these zombies. Yeah. But I like the well, bubbles. Well, yeah, if you, if you don't have a shotgun. Yeah, you can kick them or slap them. That's not going to do much. That didn't do much in bombs. How do you know? They turn into <laughs> bubbles, Joel. <laughs> bubbles are scary for some. <laughs> they are. <laughs> ah, bubble! <laughs> <laughs> Is that a bubble? Zombie bubbles. Come on. <laughs> Zombie bubbles. That was my band's name in college. <laughs> What kind of music did you guys play? Uh, actually, it was Don Ho cover. She oh, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Because he's dead. What? 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 No. Oh, and now we move into a big one. This is an awesome choice from 1993. Joel, you picked Doom. I did pick Doom. Great choice. Nice. So Doom kind of blew my mind as a kid. Like on the, the PC. Do- yeah, on the, on, this is on the PC. And uh, if you don't know, uh, this is the synopsis. Players assume the role of, of a space marine, popularly known as Doom Guy, finding his way through hordes of invading demons from hell. And they're from hell. That's, a, that's why I could say it, Zach. Family friendly, Joel. You're getting Zach's approval? I, d- I didn't realize this. If you like the playthrough time for this one is about four hours. It's, yeah. it's a long game because you, you do multiple things. Like, I believe you're on a moon base to start. Yeah, you start and, and then, then you, you uh, end up Mars base. 
It's Mars? Yeah. And then you like you end up playing through that and then you think you're done and then you're like, nope, I got to go fight a demon in heck. Yep. I'm not going to say it. I'm <laughs> not going to say it. But then like they said the player by an estimate of 15 to 20 million people within two years. Everybody had this game. Mm-hmm. Everyone played this game. This one in Wolfenstein 3D. Wolfenstein 3D came just before this. And this I was, was a better version. I was debating though. between the two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Wolfenstein 3D, you're mostly fighting Nazis. And I think some monster, pretty scary monster still. Are you yeah, was still. saying they're not scary? Well, I mean, these were like demons. These Mars like heck demons, yes. yeah, worse than Nazis. Mars heck demons are worse than Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> so this one drew a lot of controversy because oh, yeah. it had some demonic imagery and it mm-hmm. had a lot of violence. Now pixelated violence, but violence. But you would like walk through this maze and you're kind of just walking through and walking through. A lot of and orange, also, a very heavy orange and red palette. Yes. And then a door would open and there'd be a demon sitting there right behind it, like jump out at you. and You have to shoot it real quick. And well, it was <laughs> it was terrifying. And yes, it's jump scare. I realized that. What bugs me about this game, though, is like if there was a demon up like high on a ledge, you just still pointed in the same direction and shot. But yeah. you just somehow shot higher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> they were, you know, they were the early days. The yeah, but this really is the, the first, like, kind of helped define the first-person shooter genre, and it, it it's legendary. Tons of copycats came after it. It became kind of the standard people were going for. Even the ending, I I don't know if I, I don't remember the ending. Well, spoil away. A lot of people didn't get there. Yeah, but at the ending, you finally uh, fight some you big, fight this big demon, and you get done, and it's like, okay, you've proven too tough for hell. Now you got to you know get this door and go back to Earth. So you go back to Earth, and it's like this beautiful uh uh like field mountain thing a hill rolling grass hill and you're like oh mm-hmm. there's a bunny there and then you shift because <laughs> that's view. that's all of our homes yeah well then you shift the view shifts and all of a sudden you see a burning city and a bunny's head on a stake yep whoa uh, and it's because the demons have now invaded earth and that's the end of the game that's awesome. but honestly the lore like i've watched multiple videos like breaking down the lore of doom it's simple but it's actually super awesome yeah <laughs> have you played a doom game since then Oh, me and my brother because Doom Two came out really soon after. Yeah, and then they Doom, cut, they continued. Yeah, Doom Three came out in like two thousand four. Doom Three Years is actually later. a horror game. Yeah, it's like bump in the night horror game. Oh, I haven't played and, it. And the two most recent ones are a blast yeah. to play. They're on PlayStation Four, Xbox One. Yeah, this and was like later on my list, Doom twenty sixteen was yeah. a game that I played, and then uh, Doom, Doom Eternal, Eternal came out a couple mm-hmm. years later. And they're awesome they're games. less scary, but the visuals are still just as demonic. They're so much fun to play, blazingly fast. Yes, yeah. but uh, that Doom is so funny because. I, the only experience that I really have with Doom is watching my dad play. Oh, yeah. And he would load it up. Uh, we'd go over to my grandma's house. And you got to, like, my grandma was like quintessential awesome grandma, mm-hmm. sweet as all could be. Mm-hmm. Like, would never want that stuff happening. My dad's over in the corner. He's like, load MS. This is her son. This is, you know, yeah, her <laughs> son. Load MS DOS, like loading up Doom, you know, like all these, like, you know, demons are happening. And I'm like, I hope grandma doesn't see this. This is scary. <laughs> well, this is one of the games that first introduced me to kind of that, that runaway in terror, like when you don't have enough ammo and the monster's coming after you. You're like, I gotta, find ammo, I, gotta find code. I gotta find ammo. Yeah, you cheat. Yeah. But that was when the runaway and the pure terror of opening a door and seeing a giant demon behind it or hearing the roar at one part, the part where you just hear the roar. You know it's, it's coming. intense. It's intense. It's yeah. very intense. So Doom, a lot of fun to play on the PC. Great choice. Great choice. And I actually like really kind of want to play it. I know I that know. I think they re-released the original Doom as part of. You can buy them all now. Yeah, modern consoles. Yeah, it's nice. super super cool. So the next game I actually picked is comes from 1993, and I gotta say this is a game that is not scary, but it scared me because in 1993 I was very young, and this was like one of the early computer games that I actually played. It's called Day of the Tentacle. Have you ever heard of Maniac Mansion? Yeah. yeah. Maniac Mansion came out and it was, you know, it's, I guess, kind of considered a, an early 
point and click kind of horror game. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Maniac Mansion had a sequel called Day of the Tentacle. Same characters. And so, <laughs> well, just read this. A disembodied tentacle is accidentally exposed to nuclear waste, giving it human abilities and ambition to take over the world. Dun, dun, dun. Wait, hold on. What are human abilities? <laughs> I don't know. So the tentacle's like... I'm going to watch Netflix and probably overeat right now. (laughs) It's fine. So again, this isn't super scary, but it scared me. I was was like five, like Windows 95, you know? Oh, this is the one that looks, it looks like, or is this how it looked? It looks like an animated. Yes. Yes. The graphics are actually pretty good. So the graphics are these really cutesy cartoon graphics. Like a Nickelodeon type cartoon. This game is actually super hilarious. So it came from LucasArts. They were making The Secret of Monkey Island, which super funny point and click game. So this is in that vein. It is, again, it's actually, this is a hilarious game. I own it on my PlayStation 4 and have a remastered version. But you actually end up going through time to, to try and solve this this uh, mystery and and fix the, you know, the, the universe. So the, the tentacles have taken over the world. And you have to both go into the past to 1776 oh. and hang out with the, four, the the founding fathers. And again, it's just super funny. And then you have to go into the future and uh, you where the tentacles have already taken over the world and then somehow try to stop them there. Zach, are you okay? What's it, going on right now? It's great. You, but you okay? here's the thing. Why, why did it scare you? It scared me because I legitimately was afraid of tentacles taking over the world. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> It was completely rational. I didn't even know what a tentacle Dis- was. Disembodied <laughs> tentacles. Disembodied tentacles that they walk around and, and then they're like, we're going to take over the world. And it was, I was like, that's real. This is a real thing. <laughs> yeah. So if you went to like the aquarium and saw an octopus, terrified those things to off. this day, I don't, uh, I don't like them. Nope. Because nope. of day of the tentacle. Because of day of the tentacle. Well, and they're gross. Five-year-old me was worried that they were going to take over the world. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, it's a different scale of scary games. Let's move on to something actually legitimately horrifying. Kent, tell us about the Resident Evil series. Resident Evil. Oh, you're in the whole Evil. series. Yeah, we should clarify. Uh, Kent and I uh, made our picks, and then we sent them to Zach, so we have no idea what each other are picking. I'm specifically going to talk about the second Resident Evil game. Okay. The series did start in 1996, was released on PlayStation 1, and that was Resident Evil 1 two and then nemesis which is the third one and then they've continued from there it's actually 28 games in the series there's that many granted there's only eight actual titles in the series but they've done so many spin-offs it's a group of military operatives inspect a suspicious mansion that has ties to the nefarious umbrella corporation mm-hmm. so that's the first game i saw the first game came out i was just getting into my playstation love which is still going in 1998, there was a new game coming out called Resident Evil 2. It was a double-disc game. And I was like, well, I never played that. It's going to be a long one. Right? I'm yeah. like, I never played the, the first game. You can play as either Leon Kennedy or Claire Leon. Redfield. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, I never played the first game, but this one's getting really good reviews. And I'm like, you know what? It's 40 bucks. I made a little bit of money doing life grouting over the summer. I'm nice. going to buy Resident Evil 2. And I start playing it, and they open up with this opening movie, which at the time seems like state of the art. Honestly, it probably was state of the art. Mm-hmm. And it puts you right into this police station as zombies are at the door trying to get in. And you once you get there, you feel safe. But then you see these things called liquors. And liquors, have you never played this game, Joel? I stay away from liquor, Kent. Oh, really? <laughs> Especially in the past year and a half. Probably good to stay away from liquors. <laughs> but And they do represent these in the Resident Evil movies, but there are these humanoid things that crawl on all fours and crawl all over the ceiling and everything. They have an exposed brain and really long tongues. Mm. They kind of honestly look a little bit like Venom, but like exposed guts. 
Okay. And you see those and they're crashing through the walls and it is terrifying. Once again, graphics for the time, it really, really worked. But this series itself is, is once again still going and still like it has a few rough spots, but there are some games like Resident Evil 7. This really is like the original survival horror game. This essentially like if it didn't create it solidified this yeah it took what alone in the dark did and then solidified it yes absolutely uh but even number seven joel i hope you can play this game at some point it's a vr game or you can play it first person Mm -hmm. but vr is terrifying and you're basically kidnapped by this family in the south and it's very texas chainsaw massacre like well i don't like to play games that i've lived in real life oh (laughs) oh oh tell us about that summer that's another episode yeah (laughs) joel will you kind of just go into another extremely bright spot in some people's favorite in the franchise resident evil 4 resident evil 4 was is probably the only resident evil game i played all the way through okay why this one um my, my buddy had on the gamecube oh yep yeah. and so See, i played it on the wii yeah this came out in january 2005 so we're jumping a little bit ahead here but just jumping yeah. up to this one so this is one where leon is uh sent to rescue ashley the president's daughter mm-hmm. uh this town in spain and you start you go in you go to this town and you're trying to you know see what's happening and then this, you go into this. And there's no house. zombies. There's no zombies. Yeah. There's this guy in the house, and you go him, and all of a sudden he just starts attacking you, and it's because they are controlled by these mind controlling parasites. It's so it's regular people, but they're trying to hurt you. So they're not like mindless zombies who shuffle. They are like they're conspiring with each other. They're like Estagi because they're speaking Spanish, mm-hmm. but it's like it's here. And uh, this one's 16 hours if you play this one all the way through, and it really was one of those games that I would play. Until late, and this is college years. I play mm-hmm. late into the night, and so it's dark, and I'm by myself, and I'm playing this game, and I'm freaking out because these this monster's popping out of the water in front of me, uh, and the whole time you're 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 not only trying to keep yourself alive, but you also have to keep Ashley alive. A yes, lot you of times. do. And she gets into terrible situations. Oh, this is the worst. And you get part. so mad. At her. Uh, this is the one that actually kind of popularized the over-the-shoulder third-person view because yeah. a lot of the other games we're talking about are first-person point of view. Yes. But this is kind of the one where the camera kind of yeah. moved around. Or the original Resident Evil games where your character controls like a like a bad tank. True. Yeah. Like it's j- terrible controls yeah. and bad camera angles. This was much more smooth. And also, oh, this is also the one where you click the button to like zoom in when you're holding a gun. Mm-hmm. Or there's parts when you're when something happens and you have to hurry and press X or or circle. And you have to hurry and press it at the right time, otherwise you die. Panic inducing. Yep. Yeah. As you're getting thrown around by this giant zombie and you have to press X to get out of the way. It's terrifying. Honestly, the scariest part of this game for me is because you're armed, right? You have like a pistol or a shotgun or mm-hmm. something, and you may see the, the horde of these possessed villagers basically coming at you. Yeah. And you're like, you've looked behind you and you're kind of good. And you're like, cool, I'm going to be fine. And then all of a sudden the chainsaw guy comes mm-hmm. out of nowhere Ooh. and they're quite quick. Yes. They move far differently than anyone else. Really yep. difficult to take down. And bad things happen if the chainsaw guy gets you. Yeah. Also, the regenerators uh, mm-hmm. were these oh. creatures. Oh, one of the most terrifying creatures in video games. They're they're pretty horrifying, unkillable. And uh, well, and the, the, you find the certain spots where you can shoot them mm-hmm. and and take them down. But man, that was oh. I hear them coming and I was got I got terrified. Yeah. So yeah, Resident Evil Four is one that I just thought I I played that game and thought I get it. I get why people like yeah. this franchise. And truly, this is the kingpin of all horror games. Yes, with its weak spots and all. Sure. But yeah, Resident Evil deserves the credit. Well, there's another one that. I think is in the same conversation as one of the greats as far as franchises go, and that is Silent Hill. Ooh. Can't tell me about Silent Hill. 
this is the horror franchise that they're not just throwing a whole bunch of zombies at you and saying, be scared. Yeah. This one, they're putting you in a town. You're this protagonist. Like in the first game, your, your name is Harry Mason and you're looking for your daughter that you lost after you got into a car accident. She's gone. So you have to search this town and the town is covered in fog. It was actually really clever because they, you know, they didn't have to like have these wonderful graphics. They could just make mm -hmm. everything foggy mm -hmm. and it actually, it kind of like a Jaws effect made it way more creepy. Yeah. And it does. Yeah. And so, like, for example, in this first game, you're looking everywhere and you're like, okay, there's some creepy things about this town, but not totally scary. And you don't really have the ammo that you do in Resident Evil. But then all of a sudden you hear the siren and the siren is terrifying. And the world descends into what Zach would call heck because <laughs> everything becomes distorted and rusted. And that is when the zombie children come after you. Hello. No, it's awful. You have to go through an elementary school looking for clues on how to find your daughter and these zombie children come up and they have little knives and they stab you in the legs Whoa. and it's so scary. But the game I want to focus on real quick is called Silent Hill 2. You're playing this man who he's a widower who journeys to the town of Silent Hill. So they're standalone games. It's more of an anthology than anything else. And he just received a letter from his dead wife informing him that she is waiting there in Silent Hill for him. So he shows up there, foggy town. He's like, what's going on? And I would love to spoil this to anyone who really wants to know the end of this, this game. But you play throughout the game and it's dealing with fear, guilt, loss of hope. Other people are, are living in the town as well and they all have their own stories. And man, when you get to the end, it punches you right in the gut. Mm. It is harrowing. And there is a character in Silent Hill 2 which shows up. But it's his name is Pyramid Head, which he appeared in the movie. That's I, I was going to say, that's one of the, the imagery is great. That and the right. nurse. The nurse is creepy. So the nurses show up in everything, right? The nurses, when they have scalpels and they, they come like after bandages you. bandages all over their faces. Yes. But Pyramid Head represents this main character's guilt, essentially. And he cannot be killed. And sometimes he'll just be at the end of a hallway staring at you. And that's it. You don't fight him. He just watches. He doesn't attack. Um, creepy. And I remember the, the first game, like this came out in 1999. There's this nurse. She's a living person in Silent Hill as well. And you don't really see many living people. And you've seen other nurses who are all distorted and there's something wrong. But she's alive and she's hiding in the hospital. And you're talking to her. And in this movie, all of a sudden blood starts pouring down her face. Mm. And she stumbles and she's like, please help me, please help me. And you don't even know what's happening. You just know she's becoming corrupted like the rest of Silent Hill. And it messed my 18-year-old brain up. That's why you don't go to doctors anymore. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Nurse walks in, you're like, bah! Covered in blood! Bubbles! Please don't! <laughs> Zombie bubbles! This series, and it's been rumored to maybe possibly come out again, I would love it. It would be Christmas for me because this is what truly chills me because the soundtrack is horrifying. Resident Evil's fun. This is horrifying. Okay. And we might be talking about where this franchise should have gone we might. a little bit later in this episode. All right. So we just talked about the Silent Hill series, but uh, Joel, you brought up, I, I like this choice. You brought up the game Half-Life. Yeah. So Half-Life Half -Life was one of those games that completely caught me by surprise because I, I'm just going to pitch the, the beginning it's for It's a sci-fi game. Yeah, it's a sci-fi game. But you go, you start out, and you are the protagonist. You're Gordon Freeman. But the thing is, this isn't oh, a Gordon Freeman. Freeman. <laughs> this isn't it's just one, funny because he doesn't talk at all. No, <laughs> he doesn't speak at all. You, you are him, and uh, you. The game doesn't have cutscenes where it tells a story for the most part. You're just kind of experiencing the game as you go through. Mm -hmm. So you get up, you're going to work, and you work in this facility, this lab. You're walking through the hallways. You're, you're hearing, seeing all these scientists around you. They're talking about stuff. You go into this chamber and they're firing up this machine and your job is just to kind of push this 
material into this this beam that's being generated. So they start everything up, you push it in, and all of a sudden things start going bad. And like the machine starts revving up. They're like, you hear, we can't stop it, we can't stop it. There's a huge flash, everything goes pitch black. There's a flash, all of a sudden you see these, all these weird creatures flash again, you're back in the lab, and everything is destroyed. Mm-hmm. And you like you have no idea what's going on. And so you start wandering around and like, you know, lights are broken and they're flickering. And there's like, there's everything's glass is broken. There's bodies on the floor. And you're just like, what is happening? And all of a sudden you start encountering creatures because you have opened, I mean, the, the company opened, the Black Mesa company. Yeah, a little shady. Uh, yeah, a little shady. They have opened a, a portal to an alien world and aliens have gotten through. And you have to go through the facility and start kind of getting out. That's all you need to do is just get out. Mm-hmm. Now, the creatures, obviously graphics weren't great back then, but they were pretty freaking me. Like they, they were these bull squids, they call them. They're like, picture a dog with uh, squid tentacles. Oh, Zach, oh sorry. Zach, are you okay? Oh. Triggered? I said tentacles. <laughs> tentacles. <laughs> uh, but they have like tentacles instead of a face and they kind of jump out at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have these ones called head crabs, which truthfully, <laughs> they, look, they look like <laughs> they look nope. like skinned chickens. Like they're just like, like raw chicken, yeah. like a whole raw chicken. But they, they move creepily and then they jump on your face like the face huggers, which face huggers from Alien. Oh, yeah. One of my biggest fears. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even like toys. Like, someone had, like, a, a pillow that was a face hugger. I didn't want to touch Why it. Why would you? Yeah, I'm not a fan. I've known uh, multiple people who have face hugger masks during pandemic I don't time. like that no. at all. Nope, nope, It's nope. too risky. Um, <laughs> but the, the scary thing is, if the, if the face huggers, or the head crabs, I should call them, jump on people, they turn them into zombies. They then control mm-hmm. the person. They go over their head, and now it's like this weird kind of person with this weird head crab head. That chases you and follows you and fights you. Uh, there's also like you'll be walking by and there's like this and this is pixelated back in the day. But there's like this weird string hanging down, and if you walk by it wrong, it's actually a barnacle on a ceiling, an alien barnacle that grabs you with its tongue and lifts you up until you're devoured by it. So you have to like hurry and shoot up in the air. And it, it was it was me and my buddy Dan would would play this like we go turn the lights off and play it on his PC. So this scream. was over your friend's house. Yeah, and we would scream and freak out. And the, and the cool thing about this game is not just a shooter. Like, it is kind of a puzzle game. Like, this is the same. This is Valve, who also created Portal, which mm-hmm. came later. And they, I mean, some references to Black Mesa. But it is a puzzle game where you have to figure out how to yeah. get out of certain rooms and how to kill a creature. Which gun to use. Yeah it, yeah, it it varied. And then you get all the way to the top, and you're like, yes, I finally got out. And these Marines are coming in. You're like, yay, the Calvary's here. But the Marines, their job is to get rid of you. You are now, like... The humans are being destroyed because they have to cover up what just happened there. Yeah. And it is terrifying because then you're fighting against aliens and you're fighting against people at the same time. Yeah, It is a terrifying game. I absolutely loved playing it. This is one of those games that terrified me in a fun way and I absolutely love it. So if you haven't played Half-Life, I highly recommend it. Yeah, please do. Great recommendation. Joel, I'm going to stay with you. We're going to finish up our games from the 90s. I love this choice. House of the Dead 2. Zach, you reminded me of this one when you I, mentioned it. I, yeah, I was going to talk about it if you weren't. I love this game. So this was an arcade game. So you're at Nickelcade. Uh, no. No? I, I'm at a, a shopping center in Portugal. Shopping oh. center. Yes, that's uh, Portuguese for mall. But me, at, on our P-Days, sometimes we'd go... <laughs> What's a P-Day? Oh, sorry, yes. On our uh, <laughs> preparation days is yeah. the day you kind of you know do grocery shopping, do laundry... That's the day to do everything because the other days you're busy. Yeah. So on your church mission. <clears throat> yep. Yes. On my on my religious excursion. Context. Yes. Sorry, jumped right into that. 
But uh, we would go to the arcade sometimes in the mall, and we just go play games like Crazy Taxi and, and things oh, like no, that. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy Taxi. But uh, House of the Dead 2, several AMS agents are investigating a zombie outbreak in Italy. The protagonists are tasked to find the source of the attack while also locating a missing agent known as G. It's it's a rail shooter game where like... I had no idea there was a story. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Seriously. It's like you, I never sh- read you the shoot text. the zombies in one area, and then the camera moves, and you shoot the zombies in that area, and then they move. And you these point zombies, off screen to reload. Yeah. And yeah. these zombies, some of them use weapons like axes they or like barrels they'll throw at you. Some shoot acid and then you, they turn it. Oh, whenever you kill them, they turn to like these green puddles and then disappear. Oh, this is okay in zombie lore? The bubbles aren't? Yes. Okay. Green, green sludge is okay. <laughs> I don't know. It was a lot of fun. This takes about a half hour if you want to conquer the whole thing. How many quarters though? That's, that's the question. I don't remember. We spent way too much on this. <laughs> also, it was probably kind of weird to have a couple white shirt and tied missionaries screaming in fear when a monster would kill him, up. kill him. And we would be yelling that we'd be like, kill him, shut him in the head. Probably my not six. great. Uh, I watched the playthrough on this just recently, just mm-hmm. to kind of watch it again. I was like, oh yeah, this brings back fun memories. The audio dubbing is terrible. So, so bad. I mean, they're like, bad. It's, it's really bad in the resident evil franchise. Not so bad in silent hill, but like, this is a new level of terrible. This is laughably terrible. Like, and I found out. Are like, you sure the voiceover is worse than you're almost a Joel sandwich? <laughs> I don't know what that is. That's from Resident uh, Evil. Resident oh. Evil, yeah. Resident Evil is really bad. Yeah. No, this is like, like kids like, help me, help me. You shoot the zombie. Thank you. My dad is inside. <laughs> Please be safe, G. There was nothing we could do. Thank you for rescuing me. James, back me up. Okay. Are you all right, James? Yeah. I'm hanging on. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> it's really terrible. It's really bad. It's a hero moment right there. Yeah. It, no, you need you need to watch. Just watch the first couple minutes. Go look. House of the Dead 2. Okay. YouTube, uh, House of the Dead 2 playthrough on YouTube. Just the first little bit, you're going to be laughing your head off. Because there's like this demon at the beginning that has like a... A helium voice. It's supposed to be scary. It's it's hilarious. But the game did scare me because these monsters would pop up and you have to hurry and shoot them Constant and freak out action. Yeah. all the time. Like this is the kind of the gave me the anxiety of it. it's a never ending wave. Uh, this is it, like t- is this like a format like Time Crisis? Time Does Crisis, it, so like time Area crisis Fifty One, yeah. okay. same basic thing. Uh, the end boss is like this lawnmower man mirror demon thing. Oh, not again. It doesn't look very good anymore. Sure. But at the time, it was Nothing pretty good. intimidating because he did. He had like bubbles floating around him, like these crystals you have to shoot. Yeah. Why, are, why are bubbles the theme? I don't know. <laughs> Welcome to October shows. We're going to talk about bubbles and tentacles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So House of the Dead 2 arcade game. I don't think you can play it at any arcade game anymore. I want to own there one. Gotta be, uh, there's got to be a nickel kid that has them. Probably. Absolutely. All right, um, moving back to kind of talking more about some series. Kent, tell us about Fatal Frame. I want to know if you guys have ever heard of Fatal Frame. No. Yes. Okay, watched, yeah, what do you know um, about it? I've watched some playthroughs. So mm-hmm. you're essentially, if I don't remember, you're like investigating like a haunted house through a camera? Are you taking pictures, kind of? Essentially, so this series takes place in 1980s Japan. You're basically, in every single game, a young Japanese schoolgirl. Yeah. Right? And in, in the sequel is really the peak of this series. It's called Fatal Frame 2, Crimson Butterfly. And in this game, Ooh. you and your twin are in... I'm looking at pictures right now. Yeah, creepy enough, right? so much creepy so imagery. So you're, you're in the woods, and your twin sister kind of runs away, and you're like, 
come back and you enter this haunted village and you realize that you're kind of in the midst of like what was once a cult where they take sacrifices and you and your twin sister are really going to have to navigate that. But the real fear here is that in these haunted houses, you're walking around and you're just controlling a character. No gun, no anything. And you're, you're, so it's third person. So you're following the character. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden you'll feel something or you'll see something out of the corner of your eye. And then you do have to, almost like you're aiming a gun, but you're aiming a camera. So they yeah. use camera obscura and you point the camera. Camera obscura. Obscura. So this is based on a lore that uh, is Japanese lore, where if you take a picture of someone or a spirit, you capture their soul. And so that is your weapon in the game. In every single one of the games is a camera. So, for example, you will see, uh, honestly, in one of the games, one of the best monsters is the bent neck lady. She'll approach you slowly or she may just kind of jerk to the left or right. And you have to follow her with your camera. And the closer she gets, so the more that she could hurt you, you take a better picture. And that is the more that you will hurt her or just make her disappear. Because you have to take a few pictures of some of these ghosts. Mm. And sometimes they'll crawl at you. Sometimes they'll jump out at you. And sometimes you actually see their deaths happen right in front of you. Some fall from the ceiling like they were just killed. And it's these spirits, kind of like the grudge, right? It's the concept yeah. of the grudge. If a spirit was killed but is enraged enough, they'll attack whoever is there, hmm. whatever living spirit is there. And the only way you can fight back is by taking their picture. Oh. And it how many, is... How many games are this? You there, the there's series. four main games in the series, but you only need to play two. And it's a terrifying experience. Fatal mm. Frame. Fatal Frame, yeah. Yeah. What was, what was that on? It's on PlayStation 2 is what it came out on. I'm pretty sure you can get it on... Probably get it on the PlayStation Store nowadays. Hopefully, if you can, get it immediately. Yeah. It's... Ugh, the, the imagery is... Content-wise, how are we doing? Uh, Content-wise, oh, it's it's horrific. Uh, not much blood, <laughs> but you see murders happen. Okay. Like in graphics of PlayStation 2 era. Well, I have no problem with like a lot of these horror games. They're kind of, you know, scary. Maybe a little bloody. That's mm-hmm. fine. But like they have a lot of language in the newer ones. Oh, this one, no. There, okay. There's really no language. Okay. All right, now I'm going to talk briefly about this next one, and then I'll hand it over to you, Kent, because I think we both selected this one. From 2007, the game Bioshock. Uh, In 1960, a lone survivor of a plane crash named Jack discovers an abandoned underwater utopia, only to find out that the mystery behind its creation is much more sinister than he first believed. That doesn't sound scary. Oh, no, no. Right? No, it kind of sounds like a half-life, where it's a sci-fi... sure. Utopian sort of society, and really, when you start to play this game, you know it's mysterious, and you're like, mm-hmm. you know, you're in this this wreckage, and you end up in this beautiful, beautiful underwater world. Yeah, and then you a claustrophobic you, underwater world. Yeah, and like then, like not like you're you're breathing water, but like underwater, like a facility, yeah, like a giant submarine. facility. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's and, all and these different rooms. There and, was just a civil war in this facility. Yeah, and the the story for this one encompasses. I mean, it's probably the best story of all these games. It goes really deep into politics and all that kind of stuff, which is weird because you, you're basically armed with a shotgun and you, there are, there's these special abilities that they discovered underwater that these the surviving residents yeah. are now infected with and they will run at you. There's this genetic material they call Adam. That, that A-T-O-M? It, A-D-A-M. Ah. That they use and it's almost like a drug. It, that gives them these insane powers and a and bioshock. Yeah, they're they're using it against you, and you can use it against them, and it really gets intense. So my, my only concept of this game really is big, big, daddy. big daddy. Well, there you go. And so that is where a lot of the fear comes from, is because yes, you never know who's behind you or what what monster is going to run at you, because a lot of these rooms you're like, oh, I'm good. Then all of a sudden there's this killer dentist standing right behind you, and you have to hurry and take him out. 
but you'll find these creatures on a date. <laughs> yeah, right. But you'll find these creatures. They're called little sisters, oh. and they're they're these little girls, mm. but they look like dolls. They're and creepy, but they mean danger. Th- they're essentially harvesters of this atom material. And I know this is getting into deep dive, but they have protectors. And those protectors are the big daddies that you mentioned, Joel. And these big daddies are basically heavily armored. They look like marine type sentinels. Yeah, it's like it's got like a, drill, a drill, a drill in the hand. hand. Yeah. And you, it's really hard it's to like kill. It's like an old school diving suit gone yeah. haywire. Yeah. Like a really possessed one. Yeah. And if you get anywhere near a little sister, a big daddy will come and pulverize you. Yeah. And it's, and you're just, you're some guy who got shipwrecked and walked into some underwater facility and that's it. And this, this game is actually scary and the story keeps you interested and you're part of this grander conspiracy and it's so great. So you guys had some crossover there then. Oh yeah. yeah this is one of my favorite games. Um, oh, and the soundtrack soundtracks. I mean, it's like all 1930s, like oh, radio music. So it's like crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. I would, fun. you know, I just say if you haven't, uh, would you kindly consider playing this game? I think I played a demo of it once. You can get all three of the main games, uh, on any console. They, right they have uh, remastered and re-released them for PlayStation four. Hmm. Um, I, they're great. Uh, there's, there's three, there's Bioshock one's amazing. Bioshock two is fine. And Bioshock infinite is, is pretty good. So yeah, they're good games. All right. Have you guys played the left for dead games? No, I have. You, you've never played left never. for dead. Joel, tell me about, I've played them. I've played the first one. You so played the I, second one. I never played the first one. Okay. I only played the second one. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the first one? First well, the one? first left for dead for me, it was just a, a super fun, like you're a group of four, uh, random kind of characters and you all fall into like you know mm-hmm. different archetypes and you just kind of go out there and kill some, some zombies well yeah. and it is like one of the uh multiplayer games where you can play yeah. with other people and all fight together which is fun to do it's yeah. fun to jump online and yeah and, you know i have... played this one actually on the xbox 360 yeah uh, me too. i borrowed it and then i borrowed this game with it mm-hmm. uh this is i mean it's, it's a it's a post-apocalyptic world where you're fighting zombies is this where there's like a thousand zombies coming at you and you have crazy firepower you you can do like survival modes mm-hmm. like on a on a multiplayer type thing if you're okay. not playing the campaign you can do that type of game where you're just gonna die just a matter of how long right but the reason this one is terrifying is because of the different types of creatures so you get the boomer these are big bloated zombies who uh throw up bile oh yeah and then when they die Gross. they explode like the bubbles it, like acid no, no, this is like a cloud of yeah acid okay you get the hunters who are like uh, they, they kind of got hoodies and they kind of crouch down, and then when you get near them, they'll start jumping on you and fighting you. Uh, you have the smoker. I don't know why they call them the smoker, other than they, they do emit some smoke, but they have long tongues that will whip you and kind of pull you in towards them. Didn't Steve Miller sing a song about this? <laughs> uh, the tank is a huge one. Uh, the charger is like has a huge right arm and will like run at you with the shoulder. The spitter, uh, she shoots stomach acid at you. The jockey will jump on your back and steer, steer you towards like a cliff or fire. But then you have the witch. Go on. And the witch is you're walking along, you're like fighting zombies, and you know, it's all good and all fun. And all of a sudden you're crying, and you're like, oh no, someone's in trouble. And then this music starts. And I don't know how to explain it other than it's like these kind of violins and, and like women's voices kind of singing. Like, and it gets louder as you get closer to this crying. And you see this this woman, this kind of uh, scrawny, pale woman, and she's hunched over and she's crying and she's just weeping. It's this haunting kind of cry. If you get near her, though, 
she's a zombie and she will attack you and it's very very hard to kill her mm -hmm. and so i'd be like running around with my shotgun boom boom zombie yeah <laughs> no problem and then i'd hear the cry and I'd be like run away run away run away run away <laughs> i don't want to get anywhere near the witches so they truly did terrify me and just even i, I listened to the music i like turned it on as i was doing research and i started getting goosebumps and i'm like i can't i can't handle it it just terrifies me Oh, I need to play this game. It is. Yeah. Uh, this one is like, this is one where I wish I w it's, it's pretty bloody. This is definitely one where they push the envelope a bit and it's got a lot of language in it. Like, mm -hmm. and I don't think they ever, they never go beyond PG 13, but it was just kind of like shocking to play a game and like, uh, kids don't come in here for a number of reasons. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, which uh, the witch in left for dead Two terrifies me. Now this next one, I know this is a franchise we've all played. Joel, you put this on your list and I love that you did because this is not. Uh, like horror at all no well but tell me about the batman arkham franchise so yeah. batman is one of those kind of atmospheric horror where you there's this kind of i mean the first the first batman arkham asylum game well it's um, arkham asylum you're in an, you're trapped in an asylum right 2009. there are a bunch of crazy people in there and a bunch of killers in there and it does it has just this atmosphere where like even just the music that dun, 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 dun. but you you get a feel for horror things there now there's four games uh, four main games arkham asylum arkham city arkham origins there's, arkham a, there's three games there's and three. another one that came out yeah <laughs> uh but i just want to talk about some of the scariest moments in the batman franchise for me one of the first ones in arkham asylum uh you're walking through Long story short, Scarecrow gases. You don't know what happens. Oh, my word. But all of a sudden, I just got chills. the game Oof. goes weird. Like, it's just kind of, all, all of a sudden, the controls don't work right. And you're like, is my game glitching? It's a fever it's tree, it's the, the horizon line kind of tilts. It tilts weird. Yeah. And then you get into this morgue in the asylum, and you end up having to zip open a body bag, and Batman's parents come out. And, like, they'll, they talk in this weird voice, and they're saying, why did you let us die? And it, it's really horrifying. So you unzip the one. It's the dad. You unzip the other one, the mom. And there's a third one there and it's kind of moving around you go zip it open and the scarecrow pops out yeah horrifying also uh there's this, these screaming lunatics in the asylum and they're like very very agitated and very very aggressive but they're all in cages and you walk through this whole hallway kind of navigating and see all these guys in the in the these these cages and then you go to do this thing and when you come out all the cages are open and you're just like oh no mm -hmm. and then you're walking around as batman you know batman's pretty confident i'm confident when i'm batman <laughs> But all you of a sudden, should be. you just hear, Rah! and they'll jump on top of you. And it's they're not hard to kill, but they get me every single time. Yeah. Also in Asylum, there's a part where you're walking on these boardwalks in a sewer, and Killer Croc is below you waiting Horrifying. to pop up any minute and get you. Oh, my gosh. And you have to walk very slowly. In Arkham City, there's that dang shark under the ice mm -hmm. that gave me nightmares because you have to walk slowly in the ice because if you crack it too much, the shark will come at you. And sometimes he just pops out to scare you. Yeah. Thanks a lot. My sharks are the worst. Yeah. In Arkham Knight, there's a horrifying opening scene. Yes. Uh, in a diner that I don't want to spoil, but it was it was very terrifying with a couple jump outs and then just horrifying feeling after mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And also, finally, uh, Man Bat in Arkham Knight. No, it's it's this moment where in the Batman games, you rely on like a glider, grappling hook, grappling whatever hook, you yeah. can do. Mm -hmm. And at one point, you use the grappling hook and you go to a random building and you're just playing around looking for clues to get find these baddies yeah and normally there's there's cut scenes that will yes. introduce characters and so you expect it you're like okay i'm not playing anymore so you grapple to the top of this building and all of a sudden <laughs> screaming and you don't know where it's gonna be you don't know when it's gonna happen all of a sudden man bat pops out in your face and just screeches at you and he does that a couple times during yeah. the game and it's not just man bat in that game that does it either 
The Joker is terrifying. Joker as well. does it. Too. Yeah, he jumps out a couple times. Too. There's mo- there's lots of jump scares in that in Arkham uh, Knight. Yeah. So so oh. the, but, overall, I just love the creepy at- creepy atmosphere that the Arkham series does, and I think they do it well. And so I wanted to give them a shout out here because they did scare me many mm-hmm. times. I'll also shout out again in Arkham Knight, which I think is an underrated game. Uh, people didn't like it, but I there there is a side mission storyline of Professor Pig. Yeah, that you Ooh, are investigating really, really pretty gruesome murders, yeah. and it just it's scary and dark and gruesome. And the, the stories, I mean, the stories are pretty Ugh. simple. In number one, uh, Batman's trapped in Arkham Asylum. In number two, he's trapped in Arkham City. And in Arkham Knight, he's trapped in an endless loop of Batmobile missions. <laughs> Those so, are probably you plan that joke. I did. I forgot <laughs> to say it at the beginning. They are probably the scariest part. I don't like those. <laughs> but yeah, the, these games they definitely do storytelling in yeah. a creepy way very yeah. well. Great cool. choice. Yeah. All right, Kent, you seem to be talking about some of the big series here. Yeah. Tell me about Dead Space. Have you guys played Dead Space? I've heard of I so much know about it. the image. I can see the image in my head. Yeah, the image is generally because this is a over-the-shoulder game similar to Resident Evil 4, really borrows from that. And you might see, instead of a health bar on the screen, which a lot of these games have, you can see de- you're wearing a suit. You're a space engineer, and you can see the glowing spine which is your health bar, which is so inventive oh. for this game. Okay. But it's 2508. Isaac Clark is an engineer that travels to a ship where his girlfriend has sent a distress signal. So essentially, there's a ship, and it's called the Ishimura. And it's it's similar to Aliens, or Alien. Remember when there's a ship, and they're like, hey, come help us. We're under attack. Yeah. And so this engineer who is not trained for battle, he is pretty desperate to find his girlfriend because it seems like the ship has been taken over by something. They're screaming and everything. And once you get to this ship, there are very few survivors. There's a lot of blood around. And then you walk into this room and you see these things. And it's it's a zombie-esque game, but these zombies are called necromorphs. And they are terrifying. So instead of zombies, they've been infected almost by this totem. It's a, it's a signal that drives men mad and also distorts their body. So all of a sudden, these pincers will grow out of their back Ooh. and their faces will become alien-like. That like Resident Evil almost. It's Resident Evil, but on a very alien level. Okay. And these things don't just like walk towards you. They'll appear behind you. They jump out of vents. They run at you. And the inventive thing about this game is it's opposite zombie lore. So, you know, you have certain kind of guns and the guns are very cool and you shoot them at the head and guess what? The head just becomes another part of the alien body. It just distorts. The only way to kill these aliens is to shoot each of their limbs off, mm-hmm. arms and legs. Mm. You, so you have to immobilize them and just take them out. And it's actually much harder than you think because this game is so fast moving. And I, this game is one of the scariest games I've played, not just for the setting, which is fantastic, but it's the first game I got when I finally bought a pair of headphones just for gaming. Oh, okay. And I remember at the time, this was way back in the day, I was married at the time, and I was like, hey, babe, (laughs) babe, babe. The lights were on in our TV room, by the way. She's going to read a book. Can I play Dead Space 2? And she's like, yeah, you're going to play a game? I'm like, yeah, but don't worry, it won't disrupt your book because I got these new headphones. So I put them on, and I'm like super stoked. And I start playing this game for the first time. (laughs) Yelping with your Lights are on, yelping. (laughs) Because the surround sound of this game, and she's reading a book going, like, it's probably some Oprah book. And I, she's like, what are you on about? And I'm like, you don't know. You don't know. It was right behind me. I heard it and it disappeared. And <laughs> the ex- entire experience. And honestly, I would recommend most of these games with headphones. Because oh, yeah. they will it's immersive. create yeah, that whole immersive environment. 
this was terrifying. And there are some moments in these games, they're just memorable, really. There's one part in the first game where you walk through a medical bay and you see all these body bags and it's kind of chilly and everything. And you're like, okay, I've got my gun ready. I'm going to take out whatever jumps out. And you just walk through and you're fine. Then all of a sudden, like five minutes later, you have to backtrack and you go walk through the medical bay. All of these bags are emptied. Oh. And you're like, oh, okay, there's a fight coming. In game two, which is like, it's kind of like an alien alien sort of thing. In game two, it's a lot more action packed. Mm. But it has some also the, the most scary moments. There's a part where you need to kind of hack into your brain with the machine and you need to recreate something that you've seen in the first game in order to complete this mission. And the only way you can do it was going into a machine that straps you in and it sticks a needle in the center of no. your eye. No, I'm out. And guess what? You control this needle. No. Meanwhile, your character is shaking back and forth trying to dodge the needle. No. And if you don't get the exact precision right... You see the cutscene, you're dead. So you have to get right in the center. I don't like that. And that's the only way. And the death scenes, like in many games, like we've talked about how it's like, snake, snake. <laughs> the death scenes when these necromorphs finally get a hold of you are awful. Yeah. This is very rated R. Okay. And the graphics are good. There is a remake coming out of the, the first yeah. game as well. Uh, so chilling, action packed. This game has it all. Rated R in, in just violence or language too? Oh, both. Oh, okay. Yes. I missed these. I'm looking forward to the remake. I want to go through a couple that I have experience with. I want to see if you guys have, have played them or know of them. Have you heard of Limbo? Yes. I've played this. Yes. So I've Limbo. done the Limbo. Yeah. Limbo also is Also scary. An, <laughs> this is an awesome game. Um, and, and this is you, more indie style. This is indie style. Have you played Inside? Oh, the I just spiritual did. spiritual sequel? I just did. Okay. So Limbo, the player, you, this is like a, what they call a two and a half D game. So you're, you're moving to the side, but there's lots of depth to it. The player guides an unnamed boy through dangerous environments and traps as he searches for his sister. But the developers, oh. the developers of this game built the puzzles expecting the player to fail before finding the correct solution. They call it trial and death. Basically, you get this gruesome imagery of this boy, like, dying, trying to figure out these puzzles. Well, it's and all it, black and white. Yes, it's like. mostly based on shadows and silhouettes. Yes. This and it's, looks it, it wants familiar. you to rush through the game and run through, but there's no way you can do that and survive. No. no. Like, for example, as this silhouette boy, you're running through and you're like, oh, cool, I can just climb this ledge. And you don't see the spider legs right in front of you. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, they, these pincers will... It's very right you. through. Yes. Yeah. Really creepy imagery. And the story is not clear. You don't know. In limbo? Yeah. You don't know what, really why you're doing a lot of what you're mm -hmm. doing. And I, I think that adds that other element of, of creepiness. Yeah. On that same note, have you played Little Nightmares? No. I've never. I've seen the very of that same one. style of game. My daughter's really like That's these two little games. girls with the yellow jacket. Yeah. And it's the same thing except for the bosses in these games are actually nightmare fuel. They're like I would say these creatures. these are probably like the foundational horror games for a lot of kids these days. Mm -hmm. I do think the games are a little too dark for it. So I'll give my recommendation to Limbo and the spiritual sequel Inside. Kent, tell me about Outlast. Have you guys played Outlast? Do you like how every time I'm like, hey, do you guys know about Outlast? Hey, look about Outlast. This is one of the more recent horror games I played, but it did come out in 2013. Outlast is one of the scariest looking games. The graphics, even though it's eight years old at the time of this recording. Is it all in night vision? No. You're a freelance investigative journalist and you decide to investigate a remote psychiatric hospital named Mount Massive Asylum. Oh, I know this one. I watched the play. I watched the Let's yeah, Play. And so you sneak into this abandoned asylum. You're yeah. like, there have been weird stories. What's going on? I'm going to find out. And so you're armed with nothing but a video camera. And your video camera 
has batteries that are limited. Yeah. And so you break in through a window and nothing's really going on. You can just tell that there's like no staff. You can hear weird noises, but that's fine. But you realize that the inmates are running the asylum and the inmates are not okay. No. The inmates won't even really run at you at times. They just kind of look for you. Yeah. And a lot of these inmates are, there's regular looking crazy people. And there's also genetic mutations. Yeah. A lot of experiments in this place. And some of those are the most terrifying. But you can't fight back in this game at all. And that is where the fear comes. Well, that and the night vision, which you mentioned, Joel. Yes. Because there are times where the power is out. Because this whole place is decrepit, run down. Yeah. There's no power. You're hiding under a bed. Mm. And you're looking around. You're like, I can hear footsteps, but I can't see anything. Then you have to manually turn on the camera and you may see a face right in front of you with glowing eyes. Yeah. You may see feet right there. You have to breathe quietly in this game as well. Or like, for example, if you hear someone come down the hallway, you can hide in lockers. Yeah, you run in the locker and then you watch them walk past. And a locker may not be the safest place because they may check. Yeah. And so this game is kind of a trial and error thing as well, where you just have to play hide yeah. <laughs> not even seek yeah <laughs> just hide no, and survive you don't want to seek you know we're moving through this timeline right and yeah this uh, original game came out in 2013 mm -hmm. this is where we're getting into games having really good graphics yes and, but particularly it's the sound unfortunately so yes this yes. has good graphics because there's some parts mm -hmm. in this game yeah when they find you it's not good yeah yeah so even like, some of the experiments going on. oh yeah yeah it's, it's the graphics and the sound design in these games it's really what takes it to that next level I mean, just like... Well, it puts you movies. in the game. Yeah. It's oh, creepy. So, you know, we've talked about, like, you know, I brought up Shadowgate, right? That that was the old school point and click game. Mm -hmm. I kind of like games like that. Remember that innocent time before? Oh, back in the Remember like an hour ago? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. But have you played The Walking Dead? The video game? The yeah. Telltale series? The Telltale series. Yes. Uh, no. Okay, so you... Go, oh, Joel, you'd love it. Oh, I go, yeah. this... Oh, it's, this is The Walking Dead, you're right. Oh, it's a zombie video game. And it's no. cel-shaded animation. Uh, no, no, no. This is, this is not like a uh, shoot-em-up zombie game. This is a narrative-based story that gives you harsh consequences for almost every choice you make. But I think I have seen this play, played too. It's a short game, isn't it? Yeah. Um, not necessarily. Uh, each game has about four chapters. They're about two hours each. Yeah, there's oh, multiple maybe, games. Maybe um, I'll watch one bit of it then. Yeah, so the zombie apocalypse has happened in Georgia, and, and you play these band of, of people, and you meet different characters along the way. But again, the, the uniqueness of this game is it's, it's not like a super action-heavy game or anything like that. It's all about dialogue and characters and choices. Um, and a lot of these, this, this developer Telltale has done this with other things, but like Guardians of the Galaxy and Borderlands, mm -hmm. but it's, it's the, the Walking Dead games that it's are the pinnacle. Yeah. It's the, their best it, work. It, and it, it's a real gut punch. And your times. decisions, like you're talking to these people, these are great characters. And then zombies are trying to break into a bar. One guy is at the window. One woman is at the door and you have to decide to save one of them. And that is it. Yep. Yeah. And uh, it affects I the rest of the game. That, yeah. Do you, you know, you, you come across a child. Who has been infected do you make the decision to end their life or before walk it away. goes worse or walk away and leave them you know like the, it, so it's, it's all about choice and uh and branching you know so it's a choose your own adventure type of game it is but yeah. um because of the narrative in it and in the effectiveness of it and it feeling like with the art style feeling like a comic book uh, i can highly recommend all right i've kind of teased this one a couple of times but guys let's talk about pt please PT. That doesn't sound very scary. PT? Playable no. teaser. PT. Yeah, the, the PT stands for playable 
teaser. Mm-hmm. This one came out in 2014. So wait, I chose this one, you chose this one, and you chose this one? Oh, yeah. 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 All three of so, us Joel, did. go ahead. I think you introduced me to it, so you yeah. go ahead. This isn't even a real game. It's not. Nope. It doesn't even exist. Like, let's give a little bit of background. This was released as a demo, as a game announcement, hence the name playable teaser. In but you didn't know that going into it. It's no. called the PT. It's this mysterious game. You yeah. played it and it you get free, to the end. free to download. You get to the end. If you get to the end, you get to the end and all of a sudden it's like, oh, by the way, this is a trailer for Silent Hills. Starring Norman Reedus. So we mentioned Silent Hill. This is going to be Silent Hills and potentially a first person game, which would change the series a little bit. But in this PT game specifically, it changes everything. It doesn't feel like a Silent Hill game. That's why Everyone was like, well, what's this haunted hallway game? What am I playing? Because it literally is a game where you walk down a hallway and then you walk, turn a corner, open a door, and then you're back in the same hallway and you just do the same loop. A residual hunting, if you will. Yeah, you can't get out of this house. Yes. And uh, until you do. But there's each time you go through, and it takes about a half hour if you, if you know what you're doing. No way. People if, beat it in a half hour? The, the video I saw was for about a half hour. Someone got it in a half hour. They oh, knew, they knew what they were doing. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, because there's no clues. You don't know what you're supposed to do, but every time you go in the hallway, some stuff will change. Some things will break. Some things will oh, be moved a different way. That, that For example, like the flipping f- bathroom door. The first, the first time you're in the hallway, you kind of walk by the front door, which you can't open. Like you're stuck. Hmm. And you look at like the place where you'd set your keys and there's this old radio and it's talking about this guy that murdered his family. Yeah. And you can see the picture. You're in the house, basically, of this place. And you're like, wait, am I the husband? Yeah, did I do this? Am I being punished? And so it gets your mind going, and you're like, I don't want to be in this hallway anymore. I'm going to take those doors out of here. And then it puts you back in the hallway again, and then something else happens. Like yep. the lights change, or yeah, you can lighting, go into the bathroom. The lighting will be red. Or the lights don't work. The, yeah. someone, you, someone, you might see eyes in, a, in the bathroom door. It's slightly open, and then it just slams shut. You can hear crying from the bathroom sink. A you baby can, crying. A baby mm-hmm. fetus in the sink. What was the scariest moment of this game for you guys? Other than... Other than whenever Lisa gets you. So looking in the bathroom mirror. Lisa is a hostile ghost who will appear occasionally and then she'll jump right out. It's a jump scare. She'll jump scare you if you go the wrong way or do the wrong thing. Do you want to hear the scariest part? Go for it. It's actually really scary what the developers did. So Lisa is a ghost. Sorry, you're walking through and you may have been through the hallway five or six times. Then all of a sudden you hear this coming from far away. And you're like, what's going on? And you look down. It's kind of dark, but you see a shaky ghost. One of those typical 2000s yes. era movie yeah. shaky ghosts. Dark, long hair in front of the face. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I don't want to go down that hallway. And so you may turn around and she's gone when you look again. But then there are times where you can hear it behind you. It's like you'll hear a voice say like, and it's a man's voice, don't answer the phone. And you're like, maybe I should answer the phone. I don't know what's going on. And then I'll, you'll turn around and Lisa will be there. Like you said, it's a jump scare. And she'll basically push you down and eat you up or something but you die like you have to start over at that point the scariest part of this game is that lisa is behind you the entire game the developer crafted it so that if you look at the coding you can look behind the character and lisa's always following i heard that someone hacked it so that they they could show that she was there yeah there have been lisa's always there There, there's a couple of youtube pages that do like free camera Mm -hmm. hacks in game and so you can move the camera everywhere and if you move the camera around on pt it is terrifying (laughs) yeah it's absolutely terrifying and it's weird because this isn't a game no it's a demo 
for a game that you don't never really came do much. out. You, you pick up a phone or yeah. you, you... You look at the wall. You look yeah. at the plants or the alarm clock. Yeah. You look at a hole in the bathroom wall and but you're it like... it's terrifying. And, and most of it isn't jump scares. Most no. of it is just like... Uh, you, when you showed this to me, I remember just having that feeling of like, I, I don't want to do this. I, I don't mm-hmm. want to walk down that hallway. I know there's something going to be there. This is the only game, like I've been scared of games. This is one where I, first time I played it, I handed the controller to my friend. Yeah. Please don't make me play this. You, I just want to watch. And I was the Zach at that moment. <laughs> Please, just you play through. Yeah. And the thing of it is, though, what's interesting about the game is it doesn't exist anymore. You actually can't download it. Yeah, you had to have downloaded it at that time. Because uh, the, so a, a gentleman named Hideo Kojima, who was famous for the Metal Gear Solid franchise, mm-hmm. he was making this game in collaboration making with... Making Silent Hills. With Silent Hills. In, with collaboration uh, with, with Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro. Toro. And horror icon, and granted, everyone should read his stuff, Junji Ito yes. was going to create the monsters in this game. So this was this was going to be this big game. And then the Starting devel- Norman Reedus, by the way. Yeah, the yeah. developer and Hideo Kojima... They, they had a falling out, and this game was totally scrapped. And this, so the, the PT was pulled from the stores. So now you can, if you go on like eBay, uh, got, guys will sell their PS4s that have the download of PT on I them. still got it. You yep. still have it. Oh, yeah. We, we need it. to play it. We need to you want to play it? Yeah. I've been tried to go back, and I'm like, I want those same experiences. And I play, and the game doesn't actually start you at the beginning. It puts you somewhere in the middle. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't understand what's going on. There are glowing red lights in this hallway, and I can't play this by myself. We should we should just get together one night. Oh the yeah, three of us and just feel free. Come it. on over. Well, he, I was going to say they made the game intentionally difficult because they thought it was going to take you know a week for people to complete. Yeah, and then the people complete in an hour. Seems like what the heck. Uh, but the funny thing is, like, so yeah, people were selling their PlayStations on eBay for like a thousand dollars. eBay pulled them down, and then a couple a couple different people recreated the game mm-hmm. because they, they said, oh yeah, you'll be able to transfer it from PlayStation 4 to PlayStation 5. They shut that down. Then people started creating their own versions of the game, kind of recreating it, and they were getting sued and take it down. Yeah. It's like people want to play this game and they re- PlayStation just won't let people play well, this game Well, it's anymore. the developer. It's It's been it's seven Konami, years yeah. and this is the most wanted actual game. Right now, listings for Silent Hills or PT PS4s are anywhere from five to $900. Should yeah. I sell my PlayStation 4? No. I couldn't do it. It means too much. Yeah. Uh, and I like it too because it's not, it's it's a very simple game uh-huh. and it's all about atmosphere. Like he actually said when he created the game, he, re- he refrained from using graphic violence because he wanted to uh, build up suspense. Is this the, s- a masterclass in the most scared you guys have been in a video game? Yes. It's... It is for definitely me. up there, yeah. I, I remember the first time I played this game, it was the same friend who, who set up uh, Slender for me, set PT up for me, mm-hmm. and I'm just hanging out. He's got this big 75-inch TV. Mm-hmm. The lights are out. We're sitting on his couch, and he's, he, he says nothing to me. Yep. He hands me the controller. No. Here you yep. go. And I'm like, what? Walk down the hallway. And go for it. I, I did a couple of loops, and I threw the controller back at him and said, nope, like I'm done. And so yeah. I just like sat. Don't want to get possessed. Thank I just you. sat and like I was holding a pillow. Like it's creepy. I was like a, a Is girl that what you're going to do if you come over and watch me play games? Yep. <laughs> I'll get you a soft blanket. Yep. Just don't turn down the temperature. That's, a, <laughs> and that's, that's something inside, else. Inside joke. Um, but yeah, this this game, I, I will honestly say it's the most scared I've ever been because Same. of the unknown. Mm-hmm. This is, it's yeah. so weird. This just, thing is unsettling. so unsettling. Uh, but I love it. It's really it's cool. amazing. Yeah. Terrifying. All right. Speaking of uh, awesome and, and games that are, are just heralded, uh, Joel, you brought up The Last of Us. I did. And this is an unusual pick because I didn't. I'm glad you did because I didn't. I didn't play it. 
This is one right. where I watched a Let's Play. And uh, he gave me a hard time of, for doing that. I know. <laughs> and this is one where I watched it and it was a whole, people were reacting it as they were playing it. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was part of the story, but I wanted to bring it up because this really is, uh, it's a cinematic experience. You're, it is. you're playing this game, but you're in it. And it is, it's a, it's a post-apocalyptic zombie type game. And the creatures are terrifying. They have these ones called clickers. And clickers are uh, people who've been oh. infected with this virus for like a year or so. And so they, they're blind, but they use echolocation by making this series. And their clicks. faces are gone, by the yeah, way. Yeah, it's like this kind of weird... Mushroom head. It's kind yeah, of strange. It's all fun- yeah, like they have this fungus growth on them. And uh, Kent, Kent, in editing, go ahead and put that sound in right here. There you go. But they are hard to kill. Like, they, uh, you don't want to mess with the clicker. And to the point where... You're, there are bottles on the ground that you have to pick up and throw a, to, to the other side it. of the room to distract it. Yeah, because that's the thing. This game, you can sneak around or you, you can fight. You don't always want to fight, though, because sometimes you're going to lose that battle. Oh, I always want to fight. <laughs> but uh, so as you're sneaking around, and the thing is that, I mean, there's, there's runners uh, that are fast zombies. There's stalkers, which hide and pounce on you. And bloaters. So bloaters are like they, they have like this fungal armor all over them. They're very hard to kill. And then on top of that, you got these people. And it's that horrible thing they have in post-apocalyptic movies where the people are just bad. Mm-hmm. Cannibals. do bad things. And th- this is this is an R-rated game. Yeah, uh, the, very. The one I want, the Let's Play I watched was actually it, uh, on YouTube. They bleeped the stuff and everything. So I didn't have to deal with too much of that. But it was still you terrifying. You didn't have to deal with the like 14-year-old girl with the sailor mouth. Yeah, no. honestly. Holy and, cow. And also I didn't have to deal with them dying over and over and over and over. Well, I did. they did show some of that. But uh, they oh, kind of yeah. moved the story along. I had, this. I had to deal with that. When I, yeah. That's why I, I only played half of this game. Mm-hmm. And then I watched the rest. Because the story is very compelling. Yeah. Very uh, compelling. It's yeah. a great game. Yeah. It, it's a it's a great game. The Last of Us is one of those. I wish they made games. a sequel, but yeah, <laughs> it's the sequels. It undoes characters. Yeah, divisive. It's, it's, it's but it's a good game from what I hear. But yeah, uh, Last of Us, uh, great pick. Very uh, atmospheric, extremely well made game. Joel, tell me about Sisters. Ha! So this was an unusual pick, and it wouldn't be one like I, this isn't my grand finale. It's just we went in chronological order. Mm-hmm. This was a it's a three minute game. And it's a VR game. And this was around the time when Google Cardboard was like a cool new thing. What, 2014? Where you take a piece of cardboard, you fold it up, you put your phone inside of it, and all of a sudden, you have virtual reality, Mm -hmm. which was so cool. It was. And so what we would do is we'd take this, and you were there, Kent. Yep. We'd take the Google Cardboard. You put someone on a spinny chair. I plug headphones in. I put them on a spinny chair, and this is at work. And then I'd have them put on this. They put these goggles up there. They just had to hold them there. It wasn't even like we had a strap. But it's this simple game where you're sitting in a room. That's all. You don't move. Like, you can move your head. You can look all around. You can spin around in 360, but you don't actually move. But the more you look around, the more things start to happen. So, like, you know, the TV will flip on or, like, a, some, a, a window will shake or something. And, and birds will fly by. A at doll will look at you. But there's these, yeah, these two little dolls on the mantle. And then they disappear. And you turn around at one point and there's like a shaky, like the kind of shaky ghost mm-hmm. thing happening. And my favorite thing, though, was we get the person to do this and then we'd all gather around and watch them. And I, I knew this so well because when I did it, it was like, you know, a lot of people, this was their first VR experience. Right. Because it was so cool that you could look in any direction. But I always knew where to stand when I set them up so that the part at the end, the spoiler alert for sisters. <laughs> The part at the end when they look down and the doll is like right next to him and then they look ahead and a doll will jump out. And the music's extreme. And it like goes, and we had the headphones on him too. But I knew right where to stand and I usually video him doing it. 
and then they jump out of the chair practically. We Some had one person fell out, yeah. fall out of the chair. Yeah. I was worried for their health. But Sisters is one of those VR games that I think it, it was fun, fun little demo of what VR could be and showed me that virtual reality may be more scary than just playing it on a it screen. Is. Yeah. It's, it's more immersive. Well, I mean, Kent, you've played a couple of VR horror yeah, games. Yeah, uh, Haunted Tales walkthroughs as well are very yeah. scary. A lot of yeah. zombie games because you're in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you feel like your life is at risk. Yeah. I mean, there's a there's a Batman Arkham oh, uh, yeah. VR. VR experience. Yeah. Actually really kind of creepy. Yeah. 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 Tell me about Until Dawn. So Until Dawn is the last one I want to bring up. This yeah. one came out six years ago. And it is what I've always wanted in a horror game because it's kind of the tropey sort of movies that I love. This is a slasher sort of game mm-hmm. where these eight people who you just don't like <laughs> go up to a cabin, kind of like a Friday the 13th sort of setup. They go to a snowy cabin up in the mountain and all of a sudden you start kind of seeing their lives play out. You don't really like some of their choices, but then it becomes similar to Walking Dead, but also probably with better graphics, you make choices as they come. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like Resident Evil 4 as well because it shows the choice, the choice immediately and you have to choose. Yeah, and it's like save this person or let them die. Yeah, or or it's like investigate that noise or stay inside. Mm-hmm. And so what you're doing is you're controlling the story of the game. Like you have eight eight people, and you want to you want to make them all survive to the end, mm-hmm. if at all possible. But they can die at any time. And granted, they all have their own storylines, and they can die in specific ways. But it will change the rest of the game. Add that to in between levels for some reason. You're talking to this psychologist played by Peter Stormare, who's super creepy. Yeah, the, the the graphics are incredible in this game, and he's asking you questions like a, like a psychology quiz, and he'll ask you about fears or pictures you may fear more than others, or asking mm-hmm. you about colors. And based on the answers you give, the game will inject monsters into the actual narrative, oh, wow. like clowns or scarecrows. What scares you more? And then you give an answer, and you kind of forget about that. Then all of a sudden, it's like. Oh, there's a clown here? Uh, And so it gets into this territory of like, okay, I know what's going on. There's some slasher or maybe it's someone within the party. But then, wait, there's Wendigo in this game? And I'm walking through a decrepit uh, asylum here? Why am I here? And so every choice you make affects the game. And it is incredible. Because you're literally, kind of like we've talked about with the theme, you're playing a scary movie, essentially. This one really is a cheesy, scary movie with all the gore language and adult <laughs> themes that yeah. you would get in a this movie This is the one well. notoriously that Kent was like... Oh, I was like, Joel, you got to play this game. You, This is right up your alley. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. And I'm like, how is it content-wise? You're like, ah, oh, there might be one or two swears in it. <laughs> and I t- turn it on and it's like... It's like a Tarantino movie all of a sudden. Oh, okay. Yeah. And there's a VR sequel or spinoff to this Yeah, it's a roller coaster game, actually. A roller coaster shooter. Yeah. And it's really fun. Yeah, that was fun. And they're actually, the the developers created many of these games where there's choose your own adventure. Uh, Declining quality, of course. But these things, they put you right into the shoes of the final girl, essentially. Mm -hmm. And make you choose who dies, who lives. I was going to say, the the story. really impressive setup on this one. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so I'm going to just spring this on you really quickly. If you had to pick one like recommendation for a, a horror game, what what do you think you would put out there? I mean, for simplicity's sake, PT is one that I I really recommend people play just because it is so bizarre and so simple, so simple, but also very difficult, Ex- to, insanely complicated, and yeah. and the fan theories of what works and the you know put on the headset and say things into it and all of this weird stuff that people do. Yeah, that's a good choice. Silent Hill two, 
It is the game. Yeah. Yeah, it's messed up. Um, for me, it's, it's probably Resident Evil 4. Oh, that's a great one, too. It's such a good game. Yeah, it really it's is. So it's fun. so fun. Yeah, because PT, PT's not fun. It's just creepy. Yeah. So. See, Resident Evil 2, I think, is actually a better like survival horror game. Resident Evil 4, frankly, is much more of an action game. Mm-hmm. But it's creepy and awesome and fun to play. Yeah. And, still, and you get the girl yelling at you all the time. Still has, still has that classic, terrible Resident Evil dialogue. That mm. kind of It's charming in a way. Yeah. And, and if scary is not to your thing, I might recommend Batman. Yeah, it's true. It yeah. dabbles in the scary. I, yeah, and I also... I, Bioshock, I think, is yeah. my next one. That, that's great. That's actually... I think I am going to play that next. Like, I really I've got, have been I've got some wanting to notes play it. here that I'm like, okay, i got to find a way to play that one. So yeah. thanks, fellas. For sure. So there you go. There's our list of uh, various horror games, scary games. We want to know your feelings. Did we leave any out that you really like? Uh, did you learn anything new about the ones we want to play? Are you going to play the ones we talked about? Let us know on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, where we also remember we'll be doing a giveaway for October. Uh, let us know because we want to hear from you. But before we go, we'd like to thank our patrons. So from I Am The Listener category, it's Lady Terry Finley, Shannon West, Chris Drought, Sean Sanquist, Bacon Council Member Wannabe Kyler, Jennifer Kilkowski, Brayden Winterton, Babs, Alicia Bass, Glow Clan Daniel, Plot Twist Media, Adam and Rachel Crump, Allison Gall, Rocky and Steph, and Scott Sprague. Welcome to the Hi, listeners. Scott. Welcome. Thank you. And from the Bacon Council, we have Nick Neck, 40 Wax, Chris Anderson, Ryan and Marley Farron, Stephen Ross, Mots, Her Royal Highness, Jessica Terry, our favorite couple, the Madsons, The Shadow, and Reverse Listener. Patrons? A very spooky thank you. Oh, it's a spooky it's one. A spooky thank you. <laughs> but if you want to find me, you can find me at 76 Joel on Twitter. You can find me performing with Quickwits. They perform every Saturday night at the Midwell Performing Arts Center. For more details, go to qwcom or go to the Quickwits Facebook page. If you want to find me on Twitter or Instagram, it's at Kenny3DD. If you want to read my movie reviews, it's showtimeshowdown.com. And if you'd like to connect with me, you can do so on Twitter and Instagram at Tumbling Mustard. But most importantly, make sure you follow Bacon Sale on social media because we have contests there. So mm-hmm. go for that. Like that Facebook page and then stop by at Bacon Sale on Twitter and Instagram. While you're doing that, go to tpublic.com slash bacon sale if you want some merch or a a pillow. I always recommend getting a bacon sale pillow to snuggle on those scary movies or video games or you know if you go to Ken's house and play PT, <laughs> get one of those. And then if you like the show, like what's going on here and want to support us further, you can stop by patreon.com slash bacon sale where support starts at just $3 a month. You can get a bunch of fun perks, including just random content that we talk about on a, on a mostly weekly basis, um, extra, you know, behind the scenes notes, videos, watch us eat Italian food, all sorts of fun stuff over there. Patreon.com slash bacon sale. So until next time, Oh, Zach, look behind you. It's bubbles and tentacles. No. We're your friends. And I think sh- I don't find myself devious. Beautiful. Like a turd in the wind. What a horrible night to have a curse. Is I'll it- tell you how Nintendo power, that's how. The morning sun has vanquished the horrible night. There's a lot of burps going on. Ready? I'm always a girl. Touched by monsters. But most that's of the time. how you kill a zombie. Right, most of the time. Oh, and then they turn into bubbles, by the way. Bomb. How do you know? They turn into <laughs> bubbles, Joel. <laughs> Bubbles are scary for some. Yeah, they are. <laughs> ah, bubble! <laughs> is, that, is that a bubble? Zombie bubbles. Come on. <laughs> Family friendly, Joel. Nope, I gotta go fight a demon in heck. Mars heck demons are worse than Nazis. <laughs> I legitimately was afraid of tentacles taking over the world. <laughs> I didn't even know what a tentacle this was. Is- so if you went to like the aquarium and saw an octopus, terrified. Don't fight those things To off. this day, I don't, uh, I don't like them. I stay away from liquor, Kent. 
and it's very Texas Chainsaw Massacre-like. Well, I don't like to play games that I've lived in real life. And the world descends into what Zach would call heck. And it messed my 18-year-old brain up. That's why you don't go to doctors anymore. <laughs> ah! Covered in blood! Bubbles! Please don't! <laughs> Zombie bubbles! I said tentacles. tentacles. <laughs> also, it was probably kind of weird to have a couple white shirt and tie missionaries screaming in fear when a monster would kill pop him, up. Kill him! And we would be yelling that. We'd be like, kill him! Shut him in the head! You're almost a Joel sandwich. Yeah. Why are bubbles the theme? I don't know. <laughs> Welcome to October shows. We're going to talk about bubbles and tentacles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm confident when I'm Batman. I'll get you a soft blanket. Yep. Just don't turn down the temperature. Beware of the xenomorphs. I've been waiting for you, friends. Goldman, do you know what you're doing? I'm fully aware of what I'm doing. Can't you see? Man committed a sin, disturbing the life cycle of nature, the original sin that man is responsible to. To protect the life cycle, I have made a creature to rule over mankind. This is the final battle. Show yourself, our new ruler, the Emperor!